millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Across the UK, online and on DAB Digital Radio, Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others on TalkSport 2. All the action, excitement and drama from across the entire women's game, including the Women's Super League. Clean off the line by Steph Horton. The UEFA Women's Champions League and the Euro 2021 qualifiers. Lana Cleland striking from outside the penalty area. World-beating, big match conversation on the station that's raising the game for women's football. And she scored! Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others on TalkSport 2. Welcome to Women's Football Weekly. There was huge expectation and build-up to the opening weekend of the new Women's Super League season. And with all eyes and ears on the league, the players certainly delivered. And Arsenal held on to beat Chelsea in a thriller at the Emirates, live on TalkSport. Great ball by Iwabuchi towards Mead inside the penalty area. She's around the goalkeeper and Beth Mead has rolled it in. What a finish from Arsenal's number nine. She's got two in the second half. Manchester City blew away any pre-season fears with an emphatic victory over Everton. That is it. And it's a very good day for Manchester City. The Everton fans turned out in their numbers, but they saw their side really outclassed today. There were also calls for goal line technology and VAR after big calls were missed by officials in two of the marquee games this weekend. The top level of the women's game and the top level of the men's game is 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 so much further advanced and like I'd say that that would be picked up in a Premier League game without tech goal, type, goal line technology. Reading manager Kelly Chambers there. We'll be talking through all the drama from the opening weekend, rounding up the action from the championship. This is Women's Football Weekly, National Radio's only dedicated women's football show. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others. I'm Mary Earps. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. Hello, hello, team. How are we all doing? What a fantastic weekend of football we were treated to. Two commentaries live on TalkSport as well. And our guest this evening was at one of them. She was from the Emirates on Sunday. She's live from her garden today. It's Leanne Sanderson, former <laughs> Arsenal and England forward and the World Cup bronze medalist. How are you doing, Leanne? I'm great, Faye. Yeah, it's a beautiful day in London. Who would have thought yeah, the sun's finally came out? So... Yeah, I'm doing it from my garden today, happily um, speaking to you guys. Yeah, cheers for that. Thanks very much. I'm in an air-conditioned <laughs> studio in the dark, but never mind. <laughs> Listen, it was a fantastic weekend of football. Let's hear some of the highlights. An era of unprecedented excitement and investment well underway for the Women's Super League. No better place to hear it than on the TalkSport Network. Now finding Becky. 
Weir makes the run towards the near post and she's been found and Weir plays the ball across. It'll break for Lasada who sets herself and she scores. Vicky Lasada, the signing from Barcelona, scores Manchester City's first goal of the WSL season. It was coming and this time Everton could do nothing about it and one of the big name signings strikes for Manchester City. The captain is sizing this one up and Horton curls it and that is absolute top quality from Steph Horton to kick off the WSL on TalkSport. That's some technical skill by Steph Horton. It is finished, Everton nil. Manchester City 4. Here is Miedemar down the left-hand side for Arsenal. Darting into the penalty area at pace. Cuts back onto her right foot oh. and finds the net. Vivian Miedemar starting as she means to go on. The WSL's all-time leading scorer has Arsenal in front. And it was a moment of pure quality to delight the crowd at the Emirates Stadium. The opening goal goes to Arsenal. The champions behind. It's Arsenal 1, Chelsea 0, Vivian Miedemar. Corner's taken short by Cuthbert to find Wrighton. Wrighton back towards Charles. Corner of the penalty area. Whips in the delivery. Headed away. Comes down to Millie Bright. Bright from the edge of the penalty area. Shot is blocked. Leopold's will lay it out to Cuthbert. 1-1. The champions are back level. Chelsea strike late in the first half on Talk Sports. Erin Cuthbert opens her account for the 2021-2022 season. And the champions are back on level terms at the Emirates. It's Arsenal 1, Chelsea 1. Now Miedemar dropping deep into her own half and popping it through the middle towards Mead. And Mead has got the pace to dart in behind Eriksen. Mead now up to the edge of the penalty area. It's a brilliant run! What a goal from Beth Mead! What a goal! A sensation on this landmark weekend for the Women's Super League. Beth Mead has lit up the Emirates Stadium. It's a wonder goal. A stunning solo strike. The shot flashed across Berger. And Arsenal are back into the lead. It's Arsenal 2, Chelsea 1. And we have a title race on our hands this campaign. Make no mistake about it. It has finished on Talk Sports. Arsenal 3. Chelsea too. Yeah, I think it's a great spectacle. We always want more. We want we want sellout stadiums, but you know, we good things take time and you know we really, really appreciate the the presence that there's been and hopefully it was a good spectacle and product today for the women's game. Certainly was a good spectacle. Loved watching all the goals afterwards, loved listening to it live on TalkSport as well. Perhaps some of the officials maybe needed some spectacles as well. We will be talking about VAR and goal line technology. You cannot be too far away from them when you're talking about football nowadays, can you? Faker Others and Leanne Sanderson with you here on Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. Leanne, what was your favourite match of the weekend? Oh, I think that's a given fair, you know, the Arsenal game for sure. The fact that I was able to do like the first game live on TalkSport was fantastic. And just to be there, you know, to see all the fans, it's a bit nostalgia for me. Going back to my former club, you know, I played for both teams. I was at Chelsea for one year, Arsenal for 12 years. So my loyalty was always going to be of Arsenal, but it was fantastic to be there. And what a game it was. It was a fantastic game. And, you know, it just goes to show you how far the game has really come. So definitely the Arsenal-Chelsea game. But I think all the games were very, very good. I was able to go to the Tottenham versus Birmingham game at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium as well this weekend. So that was really good. And Friday night started off Manchester United 1-2-0, you know, against Reading. So the coverage this weekend has been absolutely fantastic. And I just feel really blessed and lucky that I'm here to experience it. You know, former player now myself, being able to do the co-coms yesterday was a dream come true from a different perspective, but it was obviously really amazing. So fantastic, you know, women on show. It's great that people can now finally see 
how good we really, really are. Not just one game a year is on the television. So what did you reckon to Sky Sports women's football debut? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was amazing. I thought both, you know, both um, TV coverages that have t- taken it this weekend has been amazing. Obviously, talk sport is the best. I'm always going to say I'm always going to be biased, but <laughs> I think the fact that all these companies have picked up the rights is fantastic. And we've just seen another company yesterday pick up the rights to, you know, the England games as well. So long may it continue. And yes, we do want more people coming to the games. That's a given, but we need to appreciate where we're at and these baby steps that we're taking. Because I know a lot of people have said, you know, 9,000 at the Emirates. Yes, it's 60,000 seat stadium. But at the same time, you know, we have to see where we're at. And the fact that the crowd yesterday was unbelievable. I mean, I thought there was more than 9,000 with the amount of noise they were making. And it's just great to see it from a different perspective now for myself. Because when I walked around the stadium after the game and I was leaving, saw these young girls, you know, boys with medium on the back of their shirts. And I think times are changing. Even men, you know, back in the day, I feel like men would never had a female player on the back of their shirts. But I saw them yesterday and times are changing. And I'm absolutely here for it. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. And that game that you, that you were at was just brilliant to, to watch. Let's get into it, shall we? Arsenal 3, Chelsea 2. It's the first time Arsenal have beaten Chelsea at home in the FAWSL since June 2013, which was incredible. And obviously none other than Vivian Miedemar getting Arsenal up and running in the 14th minute. Fantastic finish into the bottom corner, but Chelsea straight back into it. Um, Miedemar, just sensational, but Beth Mead for me, player of this match. Yeah, absolutely amazing. And I've been a fan of Beth Mead's now for a few years, and I think she often goes underneath the radar. She didn't get picked for the Olympics, barely gets picked for England. So I think these are the types of things that will help, hopefully. You know, the manager was there, the new manager was there yesterday, saw her do things like that. And those are the kind of players we need on our national team, the ones that come alive when it's in the big occasion, when it's in front of the fans. Because those games yesterday, unfortunately, you know, I think there's not enough games like this in the WSL where there's a lot of fans. There's this whole, like, you know, adulation around the game. And I think it will only be good for our national team. But Beth Mead yesterday was absolutely brilliant. And Miedema, you know, she's my favourite player. I think Miedema's the best player in the world. And I've said that many, many times before. And, you know, the fact that Chelsea yesterday, yes, Sam Kerr, Frank Kirby, Sophie Ingle, all coming back from the Olympics, hadn't really played that much. So I understand why Emma Hayes didn't play them. But this Chelsea team is not the Chelsea team we're going to see in six weeks' time. And I don't mean necessarily only the starting eleven. I mean the way that they played. I mean, Arsenal coming off the back of playing in the Champions League. You know, they've had three games, the preliminary qualification rounds. So the fact that Chelsea haven't played, that showed yesterday. Making no excuses, taking nothing away from Arsenal. But the sharpness for Chelsea there just wasn't there yesterday. And Emma Hayes and her players will say that themselves. But I don't think this means that You know, I think people are saying, oh, you know, Chelsea, are they going to be in and around the title race this year? Absolutely. You know, Chelsea are still the best team in the league and it doesn't change because of one game. No, defensively, perhaps, Chelsea not at their best. It was a great goal from Aaron Cuthbert to get them back into it just after half-time, though. Um, And that was Arsenal's poor defending uh, from a corner. But then Beth Mead putting Arsenal back in front, Miedemar putting her in. She had all the work to do but just smashed it into the top corner with her left foot. It was absolutely beautiful. And I heard what she said on the women's football show afterwards that usually her left foot is for standing on. (laughs) Tell you what, she can call herself two-footed after that. That is for sure. Um, What I did notice, though, as many people did, was the uh, she was quite clearly offside, Beth Mead, for the Arsenal's third goal, um, missed by the assistant. Emma Hayes said after the game, they went 3-1 up. She's two yards offside, but we're not there with VAR yet. We should be demanding that. 
We shouldn't expect lower standards for women's football. We should demand that VAR and goal line technology is part of the sport and as soon as possible. Um, she also said, I heard before the game, there was a conversation around it not being a priority because it's really expensive, but I think we're selling our game short. We've all got used to VAR and goal line technology, so I feel by not having it in the women's game is like being second-class citizens. I mean, the argument there, I suppose, is that it's not in the championship yet um, and, you know, these things do take time, but she's got a point because the more important these high-profile games become with three Champions League spots up for grabs and the money that that brings in uh, to the clubs, it's becoming more and more vital, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I completely understand where she's coming from. I think when decisions go against you, you're going to obviously suggest the things, but I wouldn't want to take that away from the, the, the whole occasion and this whole opening weekend. You know, I think I don't want to be sitting here talking about the fact that it should have been VAR at the Emirates and all the games should have had a VAR. Yes, we do want the women's game to be there, but we're not there yet, unfortunately. And, you know, teams like Chelsea... Arsenal, Manchester City, they do have that luxury of being able to, you know, maybe pay a quarter of a million for VAR and goal line technology. But these other teams just don't, like Birmingham, Aston Villa, West Ham, you know, they just don't. And it's one of those things where you want it to be an equal playing field. I completely understand that. But I just think some of the conversations that's been had today surrounding VAR, I think it's taken away from the actual game. I think that obviously she was clearly offside. I was at the game myself. I didn't see she was offside initially. I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, I was more or less in line, but I was taking everything else in. Being a ref an official is not an easy job. No. But when the decisions go against you, you're obviously going to start talking about VAR. And I completely understand where Emma's coming from. But I think we have to be understanding of where we're at. You know, usually Chelsea play at Kings Meadow. You know, Arsenal play at Boreham Wood. How can they facilitate VAR at Boreham Wood? What does that even look like? And these are conversations that maybe should have been had before the season even started, you know? So I don't want that to take away from the opening weekend. And I think we do need to demand more. I'm the, one of the people that always demands higher standards, higher quality. We as females do deserve more. But I do think we just have to be aware of where we're at now and see the progression that has been made. Because me of all people, I'm the kind of person that wants things done yesterday. People tell me that all the time, <laughs> the most impatient person. But I do think at this moment in time, you have to be a little bit more patient, a little bit more patient about getting attendances into the stadium. Be appreciative of the fact that 9,000 were nearly there yesterday. Yes, there wasn't 60,000, unfortunately, but that's still way more than usually comes to Boreham Wood. You know, I think at Boreham Wood, usually there's two or 3,000 out of push. So we are seeing progression and hopefully within the next two or three years, we'll see, you know, sold out arenas all over the country because it's not just going to happen overnight, Faye. So I do think we do need to get VAR eventually, but I don't think that's a priority right now because like you said, you know, the championship doesn't have it. League One doesn't have it, you know, and what about the WSL too? There's those players that are still part-time, most of them, that still train at like eight to 10 o'clock at nighttime. So I think we have to just be aware of where we're at, celebrate where we're at, but still demand more. Yeah, very well said, Leanne. I, I'm with you on that. It's, there's nothing wrong with demanding better, but maybe we just have to take the steps in, in the order we need to take them sometimes. Um, Penilla Harder obviously giving Chelsea a lifeline, fantastic header in the 64th minute, and Arsenal did feel as if they were under the cosh for the last 20 minutes or so of that game, but managed to defend it out and, uh, and see out the win. Um, let's hear from uh, Emma Hayes herself, shall we? Because she spoke to Talk Sports' Joe Shannon um, on Arsenal, interestingly, saying it's now their challenge to try and sustain their strong start to the season. I think it showed in some things they did and in others it didn't. So it's just the start of the season. We have to be in a chasing position. Now it's a question of Arsenal sustaining their position. 
Well, Arsenal manager Jonas Eideval was ecstatic at full time throughout the 90 minutes, actually. <laughs> he was he was an, uh, entertaining in himself just to watch on the touchline, uh, fell to his knees in celebration and told TalkSport this is the on, only the beginning for his side. It's one game at a time. <laughs> We're not finished. <laughs> I've been here for a little bit more than, than a month. We, 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 we have work to do in the weeks. It's very nice that we won today, but uh, now we have the Champions League game against Slavia and then we have Reading and then international break. So one game at a time. One game at a time. He's got the cliches already, hasn't he? Down to a pat in his opening game. Um, now then, since our last show, Arsenal have added even more firepower to their team. This took everybody, was so excited uh, when this came out on uh, transfer deadline day. Double World Cup winner and Olympic champion Tobin Heath joining uh, Arsenal. This is what a new teammate and player of the match, Beth Mead, had to say about finally getting the win against Chelsea at home. It's not been great over the last few years, but like I said, we've fallen short and today we didn't and that's, yeah, credit to the girls, to the staff, to everyone involved and even the fans, you know, they helped us over that line today when we were tired, we were under the cosh a little bit and, yeah, a great day. Chelsea's Erin Cuthbert, though, said she was confident Chelsea would bounce back quickly from this result. I mean, you see the likes of Sam and Fran and Jesse, gold medalists come on the pitch. We've got we've got streaks of talent, but I think in, in training we're pushing each other. You know, they're making me better players. I'm I'm watching what they're doing and I'm learning a lot off them, probably like they're learning off me. So I think in the long run, um, that's going to make us all a better team and better players. But the league's not one in one game. We're not going to dwell over it. We've, the challenge has been set from Arsenal, and we, we know what we need to do next week. Yep, that was Erin Cuthbert there, uh, Chelsea forward. Just very quickly on Tobin Heath, uh, Leanne. That was a surprise to, to many, perhaps, but they're really strengthening Arsenal this season. Yeah, definitely. It was a surprise to many, but it wasn't a surprise to me because I played with Tobin in Portland. And I remember one of the first things she asked me was, what was it like playing for Arsenal? You know, she's an Arsenal fan. So it didn't surprise me that she signed there because I, it surprised me that she hadn't signed there originally when she came to the WSL, being an Arsenal fan. But at the same time, Arsenal strengthened, you know, Nikita Paris, Tobin Heath. And yesterday's performance, I mean, even though the manager has not been in there very long, he's done an unbelievable job in the short amount of time that he has. He was kicking, he was punching every ball when it went to the goalkeeper. And that's the kind of enthusiasm, almost like Jurgen Klopp-like, that you want to kind of see. So it's great that he's been able to implement his structure and his game plan in such a short space of time because I know how much the girls absolutely love Joe Montemero. You know, he's done a really good job there, but it seems like Jonas, you know, he seems to demand a lot of standards of the players and you can see he's already got them playing the philosophy that he wants to play. So hopefully it can continue for them. But yeah, Arsenal have had to spend, you know, historically Arsenal have been used to winning things. You know, when I was there, it's gone a bit of, got away from them in the last few years, you know, having to obviously go through the preliminary qualifying rounds to get to the Champions League. They don't want to be doing that. No one wants to be playing extra games. So I just think the fact that they strengthened, you know, you have to put your hand in your pocket. Nowadays, gone are the days where you can just kind of get by in the women's game with what you have. So the fact that Chelsea seem to buy every single season and get better and better every year, the other teams need to get with the times. So Manchester City got with the times a few years ago and now Arsenal finally, you know, are doing that and also adding to what they have. So I only think it's going to help the league. A lot of players last year left. I was um, a little bit disappointed that so many players left that came over from America, but I understand why, because it's not easy when you move to another country. It's not as easy as just playing football especially during the middle of a pandemic so hopefully you know players can stay but Tobin coming over is fantastic for the league
Yep, certainly is. And it's shaping up to be a fantastic title race already after match day one. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport. Those are the thoughts there of former England and Arsenal forward Leanne Sanderson alongside me, Faker Others. Coming up, we're going to talk Everton, Man City and Manchester United versus Reading. This is Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2, the only show on national radio dedicated to women's football. I'm Faker Rothers and World Cup bronze medalist Leanne Sanderson is with me. Don't forget, if you do miss any of our shows or you want to listen again, we have a podcast and it's available on the Talk Sport app so you can go and download it today. Uh, now, there was a lot of pre-season expectation and perhaps a bit of pressure as well on Everton, given how well they'd recruited over the summer. Uh, Manchester City, though, absolutely blew them away at Goodison Park on Saturday. It finished Everton nil, Manchester City four. And Leanne, there were so many defensive errors uh, from Everton, but City's new signings, bearing in mind they had so many players out, really impressed, didn't they? Definitely. You know, Vicky Lasada. it was great to see her get off the mark over, you know, just in 25 minutes and her composure for the goal as well was fantastic. And I played with Vicky at Arsenal when, you know, she's been back to Barcelona, her home city, her hometown, and the fact that she's come back and scored on her debut. But I felt for the Everton players because obviously, you know, Tony Duggan's come back in there, but she's not going to be out, you know, she needs some time, you know, to get used to her teammates, although she's been at Everton before. But this, this is what I'm talking about though, Faye. Like, I, I still feel like there's quite a big gap between the top and the bottom of the yeah. league. And it concerns me sometimes because obviously with the more media coverage, with the more TV rights, with the more radio stuff and coverage, I think it's obviously great. I love it. But I do think that it worries me sometimes because we just, we have to have, as females, we just have to have higher standards because if a goalkeeper makes a mistake in the women's game, they'll say, oh, the goalkeepers are not very good in the women's game. So many people come up to me and say that. But if it happens in the men's game, nobody bats an eyelid. So, you know, it's a difficult one. We still are held to a, a higher standard, but I still think there's such a big gap between, you know, Arsenal, Chelsea, Manchester City, Manchester United to a certain degree. But that's not their fault. You know, it's great that the, the, the men's teams have backed them financially. So, you know, it's inevitable. I was, I did the game Arsenal versus Everton around Christmas time and Arsenal beat Everton 5-0. So, you know, it's difficult. And then you've got the likes of Bristol that was in the league last year. They got to the final against Chelsea. You know, it was almost double figures in the scoreline. So I feel for the players. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I'd be interested to hear what producer Flo has to say about it, actually, because she was at Goodison Park at the weekend for Talk Sport. And did it feel as if there was that much of a golf in, in class? Yeah, I mean, I was really surprised at um, just how poor Everton were at defending. I mean, the place where they've invested the least is is at the back, so it kind of makes sense. But I was intrigued as to why Willie Kurt went to three at the back. Um, I think... It, it, I don't think it bodes well because if you do that against a team like City, I mean, you just can't make mistakes like that because City didn't really even have to work that hard for the goals that they scored. Vicky Lasada had so much time to pick out a finish for that first goal. No one tracked Janine Becky's run for her, her goal. It was just basic things. And if you're going to want to push into the top teams, you have to do the basic things right because you're just going to get punished. And I think that's what's so frustrating about the fact that Everton had been backed and supported, but they were still not, you know, I don't think it seems like they don't have a lead maybe in, in that mm. defence that, that might be able to take them to the next level. That's interesting. I mean, nothing you can do about a Steph Horton free kick that goes into the far corner. Not even Sandy McKeever can get hold of that. But I, I, I get your point in terms of the defending and, and maybe that's something 
Willie Kirk's going to have to do, get somebody to kind of step up. You would think that somebody like Tony Duggan coming back to, to Everton for the second time in her career would be able to do that. Let's hear from her, actually, because uh, Flo spoke to uh, Tony after the game um, and she has said that this result's not going to be defining Everton's season. In the build-up to the game and before the game, I was buzzing. A little wave to my granddad before the game and to see all my family and friends here was so nice. But to be honest with you, when you're on the pitch and at the end of the game, when you come off a result like that, you're more embarrassed than you, you, you don't even want to speak to them. It's just get home, get away as quick as you can. But yeah, I'm sure we'll enjoy plenty more moments together, definitely with the Blues anyway. We have a great squad here and it's a big season for us. As I say, it's just, it's just three points and it's a long way to go. But yeah, it's a good day for us today. As Tony Duggan got those leadership qualities, Flo was saying, were missing Leanne. They've also got Izzy Christensen in there as well, who always comes across to, to me as quite quite a leader. Yeah, definitely. Tony is an out-and-out out winner. And, and I genuinely, you know, she's very similar to myself when it comes to winning. And I find I exactly I get exactly what she means. Because when you've lost a game, especially a game like that, a good assertion, you know, your whole family's there. I've been there. And you just want to get off the pitch because you do feel like you've let people down. But I do think, you know, the, rep- the responsibility can't just come down to Tony. They've got good enough players. As you mentioned, Izzy Christensen, you know, my former teammate at Juventus, Aurora Gali, she's there as well. And she's just signed for them from Juventus. She's played in, on the national team for a number of years. But I still think it's just going to take some time for them to get to where they need to get to. It won't define this season. Tony's right. But I just think the fact that, you know, she'll be absolutely gutted going against her former club. You know, yes, yeah, she's been gone now for a number of years, but she'll be really gutted in the way that they lost because losing is losing, right? You, you still lose three points, but at the same time, it's how you lose sometimes. You know, you want to go down with a fight. And I just felt like Manchester City just had too much quality, but that's inevitable when you have the amount of money that Manchester City do and the resources they do. And, you know, Manchester City have been building now for a number of years. Everton, they were in and amongst it when I was playing. They were a very good team. They were up there. We played against them in League Cup finals, FA Cup finals. And then they lost most of their funding. So a lot of these teams that we're seeing, it's almost like they're being thrown in at the deep end because now the managers are going to come under scrutiny, aren't they, at times as well, which I think is a good thing because, you know, people might question Willie Kirk whether he went through at the back. Should he have done this? Should he have done that? Whereas I think it's so great that the games are on TV and in, on the radio as well because people now can see and make their own judgments. Whereas when there's only a couple of games a season on the television, say, for example, someone has a blinder, that's the only player people are going to remember. And that's what used to happen. Yeah, but I mean, th- this is exactly it. You know, the exposure, you talk about um, eyes watching the game, 800,000 watched Everton Man City at its peak audience on BBC One which was the most watched UK programme in the Saturday afternoon slot, which is incredible. Uh, The BBC had a further 100,000 iPlayer requests as well on top of that, which is is just immense. And as you say, there is definitely going to be more scrutiny that, that, that comes with that, but we can only welcome that going forward because it's exactly what the game needs in order to progress uh, right this is women's football weekly on talk sport 2 i'm faker Ruthers. leanne sanderson's with me as well uh, next up we're going to be uh, assessing manchester united's 2-0 win over reading and rounding up the rest of the w this is Paige, the co-host of giggly squad and i want to tell you about a company that i've been loving olive and june olive and june gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I sell as well. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2 with me, Faker Rothers, and former Arsenal and England forward, Leanne Sanderson. Uh, so, the rest of the weekend's action, we kicked off uh, match day one, if you like, with Manchester United 2, Reading 0. Uh, producer Flo was at this one as well, Leanne, so we'll talk to her in a second about her thoughts on it. But what did you make of United's opening match? Yeah, I thought, you know, it was a good, it was really, obviously, it was everyone was eagerly anticipating the opening game. I thought it was a really good display. I think Manchester United have been formidable at home. So it's great they got off to a winning start. I do think that Reading, you know, at times, obviously, they've lost Farrah Williams from last year. She's retired. Massive loss. But they've still got good players like Brooke Chaplin played well. I thought Natasha Harding had a good game. But again, I just think Manchester United are just a little bit too, you know, stacked for these other teams as well. I think Leah Golton, Katie Zellum, really good games. But I think all over the pitch, they looked pretty confident. It always looked like, Manchester United were going to win. I never, ever thought it was going to ever really be in doubt. But at the same time, if we want to talk about, you know, goal line technology, Brooke Chaplin probably should have had a goal. <laughs> so, you know, and, and and even she did an interview after the game and she didn't even mention it. So, you know, she was just saying they need to be better because that's the truth. They did need to be better. But Reading are one of those teams in the WSL that they kind of like, everybody knows they have to do similar to like Burnley, in the men's game, they have a different style. I'm not saying Reading women are Burnley men, but you know when teams play against and they know they got to like really have to grind out a win. They're never going to just roll over and let them walk all over them. So I thought it was a good game, but obviously Manchester United are going to be the happier team. Yeah, definitely. And actually, Reading manager Kelly Chambers did have something to say about the goal line technology. We'll get to that in a second. I know that we've covered off uh, VAR after Emma Hayes' comments as well, but we do need to look into uh, the officiating because, you know, when there's a, a, a clear goal like that, it's incredibly uh, frustrating and potentially could have got Reading back into the game. But as I say, producer Flo was at this one. She's literally covered the country for talk sport this weekend uh, watching the FAWSL. Um, Reading were without their new signings, Flo, weren't they? Do you think once they're back, you know, there'll, there'll be a different prospect? 
Yeah, I think they. I think Kelly Chambers recruited really well. I think Deanne Rose, um, uh, Leanne might might know more about her as well. She's she's come from the college system. She was part of the Canada setup for the World Cup and the previous, uh, sorry, the Olympic Games and the previous Olympic Games as well. So she's really experienced, a bit like Jessie Fleming, even though she's been in college, she, she's got a lot of caps for Canada um, and Tash Dowie as well, who's got really good WSL pedigree. So I think they'll be more hopeful once those players come in who can get goals that 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 they'll be able to kind of push on a little bit. But I was really impressed with Man United. I thought they've recruited really well. I think the back four of Blondell, Mannion, Torres Dotter and Onya Batia just looks so good. Um, I think probably one of the best back lines in the league and, and I think they're they're going to have a really, really good season if they can kind of keep everyone fit. Leah Galton coming back from long-term injury as well. Ella Toon's going to be massive, so if she can stay fit. I think they still don't necessarily have like a, the right out-and-out centre-forward, but I think that they look better than I thought they might, especially with a new manager coming in. Yeah, that's really interesting you say that, particularly when we saw... Uh, three goals conceded by Chelsea, two goals conceded by Arsenal, that actually um, Manchester City and Manchester United both keeping clean sheets could be could be key going forward. I know slightly different uh, opponents for each of them, but at the same time, you know, not, not exactly pushover opponents in, in, in Reading and Everton either. Uh, let's hear from both Kelly Chambers and Mark Skinner, the new Manchester United manager, because both of them had something to say about goal line technology in the in the women's game after that Brooke Chaplin shot hit the crossbar and then looked to go over the line. Yeah, no, I've just watched it back on, on Sky Sports and they slowed it down for me just to make it even more painful. Um, but yeah, it, it's over the line. And I suppose, look, that's the difference. You've got the top level of the women's game and the top level of the men's game is 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 so much further advanced. And like I'd say that that would be picked up in a Premier League game without te- goal, t- goal line technology, because at the end of the day, the, the officials are, are well rehearsed in, in moments like that. And we're just not quite at that level with, with our officials at this at the moment. And unfortunately, we just we lose out on that. I mean, if you can ever use technology, Tom, that would be brilliant. You know, if it, it has gone over, it's a wonderful strike from Brooke. So, um, and she has the ability to do that. But, you know, we we can focus on that. And I think what there are other things in place that we need to get right as well um, and continue the growth of our game. And and look, if that, if that could be added in, brilliant, you know, because then you don't have any contentious decisions. But let's continue to grow the whole of the game and, and not just look at one part. Interesting thoughts there from Mark Skinner, uh, the Manchester United uh, manager, Leanne. Uh, What did you make of what he had to say? Yeah, I mean, I think it's true. I think it's one of those things we don't want to have to use goal line technology and and VAR and stuff. Obviously, in the men's game last year, it came under so much scrutiny. In the Women's World Cup, it was almost like we were used as almost like guinea pigs. They were changing the decisions during the tournament, if you remember the tournament where, you know, the goalkeepers were coming off their line, goalkeepers were getting yellow cards. They changed it. So I think this also goes back to officiating. You know, it really does. And I thought that was a really good point. I think Kelly Chambers just made there because, you know, with the one with Brooke Chaplin, it was clearly over the line. That that was a pretty obvious goal. And, you know, obviously Sky Sports have the luxury of being able to show that. But then at the game, they can't. So the referees have to make that decision in the game. And it isn't easy being an official. I think it's easy to sit here and say, you know, officials should do better yes they should but that is a pretty basic decision to me I think the way you see it when you see the ball go over the line it's pretty obvious and I think we have these we've had these conversations about the men's game two years ago and then they're looking to change it so I just think we have to almost keep getting with the times as I mentioned before you know I don't think the VAR is going to be 
the complete... Because this has happened in the women's game over many years. I played in so many games where goals should have been given, penalties should have been given, and they hadn't been given because the referees just wasn't very good. It wasn't because VAR wasn't there. No, exactly. Exactly right. Um, Right, we need to wrap up the rest of the WSL opening weekend because uh, time just kind of disappears. Uh, Aston Villa 2, Leicester City 1. Disappointing start for Jonathan Morgan and his side. Um, And Leicester taken the lead as well, hadn't they? Yeah, definitely. I think the fact that Remy Allen obviously has gone back to a former team and scored the winning goal. No, almost in injury time, you couldn't have written a better story for her against her former team. But I think Leicester City, you can see what they're trying to do. They've got a fantastic training facility. These are all these things that, you know, are definitely going to be helpful in the future. Emil Heskey is an ambassador, great guy. You know, it's great that they have these people on board that can help take the women's game to another level. But definitely, you know, Aston Villa are going to be delighted getting off to a win because last season it came down to almost the last game of the season, whether they were going to stay in the league or not. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Tottenham won Birmingham City nil. Kit Graham scoring Spurs only goal in this one. Lovely ball in from Rhea Percival uh, as well. Spurs had 19 attempts on goal, but they're going to have to really finish those opportunities if they want to push on this season, that's for sure. Uh, and the final match of the weekend, Brighton 2, uh, West Ham nil. Sissoko sent off for handball after she put her arms up to block Danielle Carter's shot in the box in the 32nd uh, minute. Kagman putting away the penalty and then Gunman Lee uh, adding a second with a fantastic finish as well. So this is how it leaves the table. I know it's only one week, but, you know, it's still important. Manchester City, top of the table three points Brighton level on three as are Manchester United women Arsenal as well uh, Aston Villa and Tottenham all with wins and then defeats for Chelsea Leicester Birmingham Reading West Ham and Everton as well uh, now then before we wrap up the WSL we need to look ahead to this weekend's Women's Super League with now Women's Football Weekly Preview on TalkSport 2 with a Now Sports membership. Stream weekly weekend matches from the Women's Super League live without a contract from just $9.99. Search Now Sports 18+, plus. stream via internet, terms apply. So it was a fantastic weekend of football, Leanne, as it was in match day one. But this weekend, West Ham against Aston Villa. How are you seeing that one going? Yeah, I think it's going to be a very good game. But I also think I can probably see my guts telling me towards Aston Villa. But I do think at this moment in time, West Ham have had a big investment. We talk about investments into their women's team. You know, over the last few years, we've obviously they've had a lot of turnover as well with Matt Beard, you know, moving away. And then you had Jack Sullivan that went in there, obviously, took on the women's team. So I think that they should be definitely doing better than they are West Ham. I've been a little bit disappointed with how they, because I was there when I was injured. You know, I trained with them. I was never going to play for them. I was just, thankfully, they allowed me to train with them while I was coming back from my knee injury. And I felt really excited about the prospect, but that was when they were in the league below, you know, and I think that obviously they got a lot of sign-ins. They made a few different changes, but they still got Gilly Flaherty there. You know, she leads by example always, but at the same time, I still expect West Ham to be doing a little bit better than they are. Yeah, definitely. That game, 11.30 on Saturday. Uh, Manchester City against Tottenham live on Sky Sports this weekend as well. That's going to be interesting. 6.45 kickoff on Sunday, that one. Obviously, both teams starting the season with, with victory, but perhaps City feeling the more confident after that 4-0 uh, defeat of Everton. Yeah, definitely. And having seen 
both teams play this weekend and obviously seeing them play for the last couple of years and see where they're at, I think it will be a pretty comfortable win for Manchester City. And that's no disrespect to Tottenham Hotspur. I just think that Manchester City just have too much quality. I really do. And they also have a lot of strength in depth. And again, they've had a big process and they've been having this plan. They've got a new manager, Gareth Taylor, coming in last year was his first year with Nick Cushing going to America. So I think that this is, I think Manchester City will win this game pretty comfortably. Interesting. That was a look ahead to this weekend's Women's Super League action with Now. Don't forget, with a Now Sports membership, you can stream the Women's Super League, including West Ham, Aston Villa and Manchester City versus Tottenham live this weekend on Sky Sports without a contract. Just search Now Sports. Women's Football Weekly Preview on TalkSport 2 with a Now Sports membership. Stream weekly weekend matches from the Women's Super League live without a contract from just $9.99. Search Now Sports 18 plus, stream via internet, terms apply. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. I'm Faker Others alongside Leanne Sanderson. And next we're going to be rounding up the championship and taking a look at some of the other news from around the women's game. You are listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football with me, Faker Others, and Leanne Sanderson. If you miss any of the show, do not forget you can catch up by downloading the TalkSport app. You can subscribe to our podcast. All you need to do is search Women's Football Weekly. Simples. Uh, right, championship results. Uh, Watford 2, Liverpool uh, 3, Liverpool's first win of the season after that opening day defeat. How do you think Liverpool are going to fare this season, Leanne, under Matt Beard? Yeah, I think the fact that obviously it's a little bit different for Matt Beard going back there, winning the, you know, they won the WSL two years. So difficult for him to go back there. But at the same time, I think he's a fantastic manager and I think he's the right manager that can take them back up, straight back up into the WSL. So I fully expect them to do that. Sheffield United as well, 3-1 winners over Durham. Durham would be disappointed uh, with that. Um, what, how did you see that? Yeah, I mean, I think obviously with teams like Sheffield United again, they're going to be a team that I know that they're investing, the men's team are investing as well, you know, and they've got a, a very young academy there as well that they obviously invest for the players to be able to come through. So I think that's really important in the development, having centre of excellence is like when I was there. So I think that that result was always going to be the case. I think Durham, obviously, they've been up there last year, but they also have, you know, with these players, like I said before, with them being only semi-pro, it's always going to be difficult to beat the teams that are having a more of a full-time schedule. London City, two wins from two. 2-1 two, win over Crystal Palace. They'll be delighted with their start to the season. Yeah, definitely. And obviously being a relatively new team as well, that's a bit of a rivalry there as well. So they'll be <laughs> happy that they got that win over Crystal Palace. But I do think they've got some good players there. And obviously with the WSL 2, more eyes are going to be on that now because there's more coverage to do with the WSL 1. So it can only help this league and get more eyes on it. What can uh, Charlton do under Karen Hills this season? 3-1 winners over Coventry, their opening game after their first match of the season was postponed, of course. Yeah, I think with Karen, what you get, I mean, I played against Hillsy a number of times when she was at Charlton and she was definitely a difficult player to play against. And when I've seen her manage at Tottenham Hotspur as well, and from what I've heard, you know, she's a fantastic coach tactically. So I think it can only be something good that she's gone back there being a former player, you know, and now she's managing them. I'm sure she can't quite believe it. And when I saw her the other week in the studio, we were like, as if we were both not playing anymore. And we had some really hard rivalries on the field when Arsenal used to play against Cholton. So it's fantastic that she's there and they've got a very strong leader. Yeah, they certainly have. Sunderland, though, flying high. Two wins from two for them as well. Sunderland two, uh, Blackburn nil, which was an uh, excellent start to the season for them. 
Yeah, definitely. And I think, again, Sunderland, they're a team that have been renowned for being very, very good. They've got a lot of players that are now in the WSL playing for teams like, you know, Lucy Bronze, Jordan Nobbs. Historically, they've been known for having a good development team. So, therefore, I think they're only going to put them in. They've had a really good start to the season. 2-0 win the weekend against Blackburn Rovers. It's going to be positive for them going forward and coming off that win. They're going to be looking to do the same thing next game. Bristol City 2, Lewis won the final uh, result of the weekend. Bristol City um, will want a good showing this season after what happened last time in the WSL. Yeah, definitely. And it's going to be difficult for teams like Bristol City, you know, and I I spoke about earlier in the show with regards to there being just a massive gap between the top teams. Obviously, when they played against Chelsea in the final last year, they've obviously lost Ebony Salmon as well. She's gone over to America. So I still think Bristol have always been in and around it. And they'll be looking to definitely get back into the top league because, when, thankfully for me, I've never been relegated. But I've heard, you know, it's not the best feeling, is it, for the men's game or the women's game when you're used to being in that top tier, in that top league, and then you get relegated and you're down there. But obviously there's an incentive to get promoted again and, and hopefully they can. Yeah, one of the uh, bits of news that came out this week actually is that former Bristol City boss Tanya Oxterby has joined Chelsea as an assistant coach, which is fantastic news for Tanya. I've spoken to her this week. She's really excited about the opportunity this gives her. And uh, what's she going to bring to Emma Hayes' setup? Yeah, I think the fact that Emma, you know, Emma's always looking to strengthen in and out of the field, as we can see. And I think obviously Emma, tactically, we know is fantastic. But the fact that she's looking to strengthen in the coaching area as well, and she's always wanting the best. And, you know, Tanya Oxterby is obviously one of the best coaches out there. I've heard a lot of really good things about her, you know, especially being an assistant, because it's a completely different role to managing the team. But you need a person that's going to be able to get amongst the players, you know, be that person that can build the players up. And everyone loves their assistant coach. So for someone like Tanya Oxterby, it's not a difficult moment. They do, everybody. No one, very rarely in football, do people say, I really don't like my assistant coach because they always believe they're not the ones making the decisions. They, they play the good cop role, don't they? Yes, they do. <laughs> Definitely. Producer Flo said that in my ear, by the way, and I just yep. parroted it out as she said it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, it, it's so, so true. And the thing is, you can't help but love Tanya Ox to be anyway. So it's like a double win, isn't it? Yeah, there, for absolutely. Sure. Um, listen, there's some... Um, uh, UWCL qualifiers second legs uh, Champions League um, coming up this week uh, Arsenal beat Slavia Prague 3-0 in the first leg but they've got the second leg away in Prague on Thursday how are they going to get on they're going to be flying high after that win over Chelsea yeah definitely and I think obviously coming off of that win I fully expect Arsenal to be exactly back to where they used to be and that's in the Champions League. They want Champions League football and I'm sure that was a massive deciding factor in people like Nikita Paris coming back, Mm. Tobin Heath coming over because when you play Champions League football, obviously more players are going to be attracted to that. So the fact that they're able to do that, they're going to play, they're going to be flying, but they won't be complacent hopefully, you know, because I think when you've had come off an unbelievable win and the atmosphere, you almost need to start thinking about the next game and I don't think people rest on their laurels anymore. They think about the next game enjoy yesterday but the most important thing is they get back into this Champions League and back where Arsenal women are used to being yeah same for Man City as well they're going to be desperate to to do better in this season's Champions League than they did last season it was a one-all draw away for them at Real Madrid but they've got their home leg on Wednesday night yeah, definitely. And a team like Manchester City, I just feel like I would have expected them to have been in and around it, you know, in the sense that I would have expected them to have already won the Champions League. And people might think that's a bit of an overstatement, but with the amount of money and investment that they've made within their club and the amount of backing they have from the men, I still think that they need to be better in those positions. Yes, they pushed Chelsea 
last season up until, you know, the final days. I think people expected Chelsea to win, even though Manchester City pushed them. And I think that hopefully this year, Manchester City have added, yes, a couple of players, but at the same time, they lost a few players last year. You're talking US Women's National Team, you know, gold medalists, Olympic gold medalists, you know, World Cup winners that they've lost as well that didn't really ever get settled. So I expect Manchester City to really be pushing on and hopefully they can get Lucy Bronze back from her injury as well very soon because she's going to be a key factor in them progressing really well in the Champions League. Yeah, she's vital, isn't she? Uh, one other piece of news that came out this week, quite interesting. Former US women's head coach Jill Ellis has joined FIFA as part of a new technical advisory group on the future of women's football. Now, this is something, Leanne, that, that FIFA are pushing anyway with both the men's and women's game, um, saying that the concept of a new biannual Women's World Cup will be taken into consideration i certainly know it's something uh that fifa are considering for the men's world cup but of course there will be opposition from the likes of uefa and other governing bodies over that but uh what do you think of, of jill ellis is she the perfect person to be coming in uh, and directing the w- uh, women's football for fifa yeah definitely i mean i'm a big fan of jill she's somebody that of um i respect pretty highly obviously she's from england but spent a lot of time in america she's won the world cup you know won the olympics And she was a person that was the assistant manager at the U.S. Women's National Team for a number of years and made that step into that position. But what I like about Jill, she's likeable. You know, I have a really good relationship with her. And when I was injured, you know, she said to me, even though I was playing for England at the time, she offered me to go and do my rehabilitation with the U.S. Women's National Team. So that goes to show you just a little bit of insight of the amount of care that she has for people because she didn't have to do that. Yes, I didn't take her up on her offer. But at the same time, the fact that she said to me, if I needed anything to reach out to her is a fantastic trait. So I think it's only going to be good that we have people like Jill in these positions that can hopefully bridge that gap between FIFA and, you know, the women's game. And because sometimes I think the women's game get left, gets left behind and almost forgotten about. And I think that was pretty evident during the pandemic, how forgotten about the women's game really was. So hopefully having someone like Jill in there will hopefully stop that from happening. Yeah, absolutely. You need somebody banging the drum constantly. Otherwise, it's easy to get forgotten. And this is exactly the time not to forget about women's football, isn't it? And and the pandemic certainly proved that and all the hype around this weekend and all eyes and ears on the product right now is exactly the attention it deserves. Leanne, listen, you're always across the TalkSport network. What are you up to this week? Oh, yeah, I've got a lot of stuff going on. Um, yeah, I'll be back on the Friday show over the next couple of weeks as well with Craig, Mitch and um, Hugh. So, yeah, I'll be around. Don't worry, Faye. No. I'll be back doing the uh, commentary for the Arsenal-Manchester City game at the Emirates at the end of the month as well. So, TalkSport listeners, they won't get sick of me, I'm sure. No, and I never worry about you. I know I'm going to turn on a radio near me or turn on a television near me and see your face smiling back at me. Thank you, Leanne. Lovely to talk Thanks, to you. Faye. See you Thanks later, Leanne Sanderson Bye-bye. there. Thank you to her, producer Flo as well. And, of course, all of you, as ever, for listening, because this show wouldn't be what it is without you. Uh, don't forget, though, if you do miss any of it, you can download the Women's Football Weekly podcast via the TalkSport app. And just a reminder, in case you've forgotten, we will be live on on TalkSport 2 in our usual Monday night slot, but this season it's going to be at the slightly later time of 7 until 8pm. So look forward to chatting you all, or chatting to you all again next week.